It's the one and only Rick Reese. Rick, uh, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. John, it's good to be on the Johnny O Show. The the what? The Johnny O Show. The Johnny O Show. The Johnny O Show. That's when I knew I had to call in. I thought it's the Johnny O Show. John O'Shea. John O'Shea. The Johnny, Johnny O Show. Where were you last fall when I was trying to come up with a name for this friggin' thing? <laughs> the Johnny O Show. <laughs> the Johnny O Show. It rhymes. It fits. You can even do it with an apostrophe. The Johnny O Show. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Rick. That, that, that's great to uh, get that suggestion about six months after I started the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We just we just renamed your show here uh, without even without even realizing. Well, there we go. We may have to go with it. Jeez. <laughs> and then you've got a show, so it rhymes with Johnny O. And then, I mean, you're really only changing two letters: S H O W. There you go. Right. Yeah. S H E A. You know, you could even do it with, with the apostrophe, like Johnny O apostrophe show. <laughs> <laughs> That's true too. But, uh, listen, get that on t-shirts, sell them, put oh half my God. to SBCA and there you, you know, go. the Johnny O show. I listened live to the Johnny O show. T-shirts would sell. episode five for drive on the podcast or as rick reese just mentioned maybe i should be calling it the johnny o show (laughs) i'm telling you it's like why didn't i think of that before uh there's been a few people that i know that and it it just it just blew right by me never even paid attention to it but there are folks that call me johnny o and of course it rhymes why wouldn't i think of that Well, tell me, what do you think of Rick's suggestion? Should I change the podcast name from Drive On The Podcast to The Johnny O Show? Well, go to the Drive On Media Facebook page and uh, let me know what you think. I want to send out a big thanks to uh, Barry Richard and everyone at Speedway Miramichi for inviting me to announce at the track on May the 15th. Uh, Congratulations to Neil Neil Muse, who won the mini stock feature. Uh, Mark Kingston came home with the checkers and the bomber feature. And Darcy O'Neill won the street stock feature. Randy Girouard was the demo winner. However, Jonathan Dixon had everyone's attention with five laps to go in the bomber feature when he had nowhere to go. When a pack of three cars got together in front of him on the front stretch, Jonathan ended up on his roof. Thankfully, though, he only ended up with a sore shoulder. He came out uh, later in the afternoon to win the burnout competition in his grand marquee. The next race at Speedway Miramichi is on Saturday, June 19th, with the green flag dropping at 4 p.m. Also, thanks to Tim Terry of Tim's Corner Motorsports for inviting me on the May 12th episode of Tim's Corner Live. It was also nice to chat with uh, Tim's co-host Dylan Langell and Speedway Miramichi's Denver Matchett. Well, this episode is the first in a weekly series of chats with East Coast country artists. During the summer, though, I do plan to have a series featuring on-air personalities that have worked at Miramichi's longest-running radio station and the current station that I work at, it, which is 99 Through the River, today's best country. Prior to that, and prior to being on the FM band, it was known as 790 CFAN this past April. Uh, the station celebrated its 72nd birthday. So uh, we'll be uh, looking to interview some of the uh, former and current on-air folks at 99.3 The River. 
Check out previous episodes of Drive on the Podcast featuring Melanie Ross Breen, Jason Berry, and Denver Matchett of Speedway Miramichi. Speaking of Jason Berry of uh, Berry Tone Studios, the uh, theme music that you just heard, and that is uh, compliments of Jason Berry of Berry Tone Studios. So appreciate that very much, Jason. Make sure you follow this podcast Facebook page at Drive on Media. And subscribe to the podcast on any platform that you follow, whether it's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or you can go right to the website, driveon.podbean.com. That's driveon.podbean.com. Well, it's time to drive on with this week's episode of the Johnny O Show. (laughs) You let me know what you think about that. Go to the Drive On Media Facebook page. It's time for episode number five of Drive On the Podcast, and joining me today is a guy that uh, I've gotten to know over the last few years, an incredible uh, performer. Uh, He is the only person that has uh, performed for 10 years at the Cavendish Beach Music Festival, and you can catch him pretty well at any of the festivals in Atlantic Canada. It's great to be uh, catching up with Rick Reese. Hi, Rick. How are you today? Johnny, what an intro. How are you doing? Uh, doing great. It's so nice to uh, catch up with you. It's been a while. It has been a while. Uh, it's 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 nice to talk to people. It's nice to see people. I mean, over the last year, you know, for the long, longest time, the only person I ever saw was the mailman. And so it's nice to kind of get out now. And <laughs> <laughs> COVID kept us all home. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. What? So, um, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll see what you've been, you know, doing uh, more recently, but how was life during, you know, the, say this time last year? Uh, it was this time in the last year would have been May. It would have been, uh, pick up the phone, uh, and keep logging the cancellations. Wow. And one over the other, like, like dominoes. And at first, you know, like everybody, I mean, we all thought, well, it's a spring thing. It'll be okay. once the summer hits and it was just like, it just kept toppling over and over and over mm. and the the grand total of that of that toppling cancellation was 186 shows last year wow 186 yeah, shows yeah. 186 yeah so 186 shows uh you know times the hours and mm-hmm. the time and the calls and what not to put into it's uh, you know to, to get that stuff on the calendar but uh Anyway, lesson uh, the lesson out of the whole thing was that uh, it made us all come to a complete stop uh, and get things done. So time wasn't, you know, the shows were lost, but the time wasn't. And uh, a good example was I thought, well, if I'm not going to do any shows in the summer, I'm going to get to organizing my garage. So I took everything out of the garage and repainted the walls. And I thought, I need to put a shelf here. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, wait a minute. I, I purchased a shelf. It's still in the bag. I'm going to go take it out. And I took that shelf out of the bag and it still had the receipt. And the receipt said 2015. Oh, go away. <laughs> You've been busy then. So, so it took a global pandemic for for me to get my garage organized. Wow. Well, and, that, and that's the thing. You, you, like you said, you, you had 186 shows canceled last year. So that gives everybody an indication how many shows a year you right. play. Well, we played the January and February before things took off, you know? Mm-hmm. It's... And, you know, and I don't want to, you know, dive into your streams of income, you know, I'll put it that way, but that, that's right. a big hit. Well, uh, you know, absolutely. And after, like, as any musician, once you pay for the the guitar strings and uh, 
pay your expenses, uh, the fuel, uh, the late night McDonald's and the craft dinner, uh, you know, your, your net income is zero anyway. So <laughs> fair point. But no, all joking aside, <laughs> all joking aside. I mean, yeah, it, it's, uh, it was, it was an impact as for sure. So, uh, but you know, you, you do what you got to do and, uh, here we are. So we're, we're coming, we're coming out of it. Things are, things are better now. So we, we progressed from 100% cancellations to, you know, it, it evolved into, you know, book one, cancel two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so and now it's booking two and playing two. So we're, we're on the, we're on the plus side. Yeah. And you know, what I always liked about you, Rick, is that regardless of the situation, you always maintain a positive outlook, regardless, whatever it is. And if anybody could see, uh, you know, a positive way through what we've been going through, uh, it's Rick Reese for sure. Well, I appreciate that, buddy. I mean, uh, you know, if you, if you bury your head in the sand, then that's, that's where you're going to land. That's where you're going to end it all. Right. So, uh, and other musicians have done the same thing. I mean, you know, the divorcees, they, what did they do? They rolled up the sleeves, went to a studio and recorded a great album. And I picked it up and it's just a, you know, I have the full divorcees catalog and this one is, you know, just as good as or better than all the rest. I mean, I, I'm a real fan. You you can just tell in my voice and my excitement right now, but I'm a fan of the divorcees. And, yeah. and you know, uh, so many musicians have done the same thing. They're just taking different turns. I know Mel and Mike from St. John, they, you know, they're doing photography and the, the work that they're doing is, is crazy. So, uh, and what we've been doing just to, kill time and and keep ourselves sane is i thought well you know eventually we're going to play live shows and we're going to start getting back out there and so i thought people are not going to be allowed to dance people are going to have to be strapped to their seats and that's what's going on right now so people come to the shows but they're not really allowed to you know pack the dance floor they right. got to just sit there right but i thought to myself as a spectator or a person in the audience that could get boring after a while, no matter who you're going to go see, you know, you know, you want to have a few beer, you want to get up and dance. That's the whole nature of live music. So if you can't dance, you got to just sit there. Well, why don't we give them something to look at? Mm -hmm. And I mean, and I don't mean, I don't mean physically, (laughs) but (laughs) because I would end the show right there, but no kidding. (laughs) But so we start working on the, on the stage show start. So, you know, just come up with some crazy ideas and just been into the workshop just adding things to the show, adding different uh, stage props, if you will, and smoke effects. And, you know, it's, it's country, it's country music with, with, with a kiss show. So I thought <laughs> if you're going to be strapped into your seat and you can't get up and dance, yeah. well, they give them something to look at. So that's kind of been working and people are coming out and they go, wow, what a show. And they're not leaving because they're seeing, Oh, what's going to happen next. And we've oh, got nice. these, you know, crazy stage props going on and whatnot. So yeah. that's how I've been killing my time since, uh, you know, yeah. beginning of this year, 20, 2021. It's, you know, it's interesting that, uh, you know, you mentioned that it's, and, and that's you, the innovator, like, you know, uh, like I, I, we can, we can talk about, uh, that great moment on stage a couple of years ago at the Rogersville country festival, your big finale that just, drove everybody nuts we can talk about that in a bit but you know that that was part of your innovation and here you are taking the 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 you know cards that you're dealt with and creating a good show out of it and and what a great idea i never thought of that yeah so you know take with with you know what do you got 
in front of you and what can what can you do with it that's mm-hmm. that's the only thing right that's the only thing i can see so yeah no great you know and and it's yeah. it's interesting and let me just uh, you know s- since we're kind of on the topic uh, and you brought it up about you know people having yeah. to sit down and 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 you know for me there's always been two styles of shows one is exactly the, one is the one that you go and listen to the music listen to the stories, yeah. things like that. And then there's the one that's the party. Right. And, you know, people going for, you know, basically they want to go for a good time. Right. How do you, because, you know, because I, I know you've you've played uh, the deck series for me, which, you know, I, I can't thank you enough for doing that over the years because uh, you brought that innovation to even the deck series, and, you know, people enjoy themselves, you know, you, you, you flip the guitar, go nuts and, you know, they enjoy right. the interaction. <laughs> and, and like, I have a colleague at the college that, you know, she is a Kiss fan. Right. But, uh, and probably not, you know, definitely not a country fan, but she enjoyed the time listening to you playing country music right? because of the, your presentation. How do you, how do you split the difference between a music show and a party show. Well, you know something you, you you've almost gave me the perfect segue. Cause I'm a, I'm a huge kiss fan as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love Dwight. I love Dwight Yoakam. Dwight Yoakam drove me into country music when I first discovered Dwight Yoakam and Steve Earl, but I grew up on kiss and April wine and, and that kind of stuff. And in the background, mom always had Conway Twitty yeah. and uh, Waylon Jennings playing. But up in my room, I had, you know, Detroit Rock City going on. <laughs> so, and you know, so Kiss to me was like the show was so spectacular. So how do you combine both? And I don't, I don't know, maybe I just kind of grew up with mom, you know, blaring the Waylon Jennings while I'm blaring the Kiss and you combine the two. Uh, <laughs> so my, my, my audience market, uh, just because of my personality or, or what I enjoy, you know, the audience market target that I go for is the partiers, is, is the, you know, the foot stompers roll up your sleeves and have a good time. Yeah. And that has automatically given me uh, those time slots at festivals, like the closing slot uh, in a lot of festivals because of that party atmosphere, you know? Exactly. And, um, you know, you don't want to put our show on at 5 p.m. Not that there's anything wrong with a 5 p.m. time slot, but it just it just doesn't match the time slot versus the show. It's not good use of uh, resources. Well, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, exactly. Um, so I want, and, and the other thing is, I play music to have a good time. Mm-hmm. I want to have a good time. So I want the audience to have a good time. And then if they're having a good time, you know, it's reciprocated. So it's, you know, I, it's almost selfish of me because I want them to have a good time so I can have a good time because that's why I'm, I'm there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're, you know, and, and really that's, you know, obviously if you're there having a good time, then, you know, you're kind of fulfilling your, your obligation and not only to the, the event, but to yourself. Well, that's exactly it. And it's also, it's, it's almost automatically has become, uh, kind of my, 
I don't know, claim the fame, if you will, go to a Rick Reese show, go to a Gypsy Reese show, you're going to have a good time. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, like I said before, you know, we, you know, we get scheduled those time, time slots accordingly. And there are some venues that, you know, I could call or that do call me and I'm gracious for any call. Grateful for sure. But, you know, after we, we talk, you know, we both come to agreement that my show is not a fit for their venue mm-hmm. and vice versa. And, you know, no harm done. I, I wouldn't send an application to a, you know, to a, to a jazz show, right? It's just exactly. my stuff wouldn't work there. So, yeah. Right. You gotta, you gotta know, you gotta know what you can handle and that wouldn't be me at all. Right. Yeah. So yeah. country music is three chords. So if there's any more than three chords, <laughs> I can't handle it. <laughs> oh, let's not talk about chords. I'm staring at uh, <laughs> the guitar that was formerly owned by you. Uh, there you go. And picked it up a few <laughs> times, and it probably stayed in the uh, guitar stand, unfortunately, more than <laughs> it's been picked up. But all one of these well, days, I'm going to, uh, you know, with, with time management, uh, it'll be a task exactly. uh, that uh, I accomplish. That's it, exactly. And you know something, going back, I just picked up what you said earlier when you said when I did the deck series, and that's probably going on three summers now mm-hmm. because we've missed two. Yeah. But, you know, your friend, uh, your colleague remembers the guitar, the go nuts. And, and, you know, my university background is marketing. Mm-hmm. So it's just the simple little things, uh, that people will remember. And it's, it's silly. Cause you know, I had some people drive from Moncton to, I think it was Bathurst or our show in Fredericton. And, I had somebody come up to me and say, did you bring the go nuts guitar? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah, I did. That's like, good. They're like, oh, great. We can't wait to, for you to turn it. I want to, I want to actually see that in person. And it's like, <laughs> well, it's really no different in person than, than the photo. It's going to be the same guitar with the stickers on the back yeah. <laughs> that says go nuts. But it's just the funny things that people, you know, if I go see a kiss show and Gene Simmons doesn't blow fire, I'm kind of disappointed, right? Exactly. That's why you go for those little, those little moments. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, we went to one time, finally got to see, uh, the good brothers in Bathurst. Yes. I, I don't yeah. know how many years ago and they yeah. didn't play Brown Eye Girl. Oh, <laughs> you know, they played right. all, you know, like all kinds of hits, even honk on Bobo, but they did not play right. Brown Eye Girl or, um, I think they did Fox on the Run, but they didn't do Brown Eye Girl. So Tammy was disappointed okay. by that. But uh, right, right. But, you know, hey, just to see Canadian legends like uh, the Good Brothers was yeah was nice yeah. to see for sure. You know, um, absolutely. Let's. I'm just curious how what came first, singing or playing the guitar? Playing the guitar. Yeah. What 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 made you decide? I'm to glad play the you guitar? asked me that, and not chicken or the egg. <laughs> um my grandfather played fiddle at local dances my uncles my both uncles played guitar and growing up in camelton you either played hockey or you played music and there. i was the the worst person at sports yeah worst yeah so it was like give him a hockey stick or or give him a guitar and it was safer <laughs> for me to have a guitar in my hand. Uh, well, I can, I can appreciate that because yes, I, I, I have no, I had one, I, I have two brothers and one took all of the athletic ability of all the six siblings in my family. Yes. And, uh, yes. 
So that that's kind of where the athletic ability went in my family. So I can appreciate what you're saying. There you go. Exactly. So, and about what age were you when you picked up the guitar? Uh, I I got my first guitar when I was three. It was a Snoopy guitar with a little crank and fake strings. Okay. And you just cranked it, diddle, 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 <laughs> and then I got a, a real guitar at five years old, um, and then you know a better one at ten, and then I got the I got the real McCoy, the real McCoy out of the Sears catalog. Yeah, Christmas when I was twelve years twelve years old. Nice. That that one did it. It was a Sears guitar with a small small amplifier. So did you uh, take lessons or self taught? Uh, more self taught, but I had some great mentors uh, growing up in Camelton. My uncles were were some of those mentors. Uh, high school buddies. Um, I man, I had a friend in high school that played guitar, and he said. And he just loved guitar and his name was Gino Clement and I owe a lot to Gino and Gino would, he lived miles away and he would, and my father worked night shift. So Gino would come to my place after school, play guitar with me for hours, show me all kinds of stuff. And because my father would work night shift, uh, the vehicle was then gone and Gino would like, even in the winter, Gino would walk home with his guitar and, you know, sometimes my, my, my dad was around to drive him, but other times he wasn't. And I would feel so bad to see Gino walking home in, you know, in a, sometime in a storm, uh, just to come hang around with me and teach me guitar. So that guy is actually, his name is actually in my CD, the Mummery's Good Boy CD, mm-hmm. uh, in the credits, because I owe a lot to Gino and I'm going to let Gino know to listen to the show. Cause I, anytime I can plug his name, uh, I do, um, other mentors were the best family. Uh, if you may be familiar with yes, Brenda Best. I remember well, uh, her with the uh, New Brunswick Country Music Hall of Fame induction. There you go. Well, Brenda had a, a family band with all of her siblings. The whole crew of them were crazy talented. And when Brenda decided to move, I think she was moving to Montreal. When she moved to Montreal, um, their nephew was in the family band. And I was going to school with that nephew, Raymond. And Raymond says, oh, we're having a, uh, a band practice tonight. Do you want to come over? And I was 15 at the time. So I went to the band practice and they opened up their, sh- you know, their shed. And there it was, you know, real drums, real guitar amplifiers, real lights. And it was like, wow. Um, you know, that's a big improvement from my Sears guitar kind of thing. So, <laughs> um, you know, go go to the rehearsal and just sit there and watch them. <clears throat> and I remember their guitar player, they were auditioning a guitar player because Brenda was leaving the band. Oh, okay. So, so Brenda was leaving. She was going to Montreal. They were auditioning a guitar player and a week, just a week prior to me going to the rehearsal, my uncle taught me the little guitar picking, the little solo for Folsom prison blues. Oh, and I didn't, you know, had that in my back pocket. Didn't, you know, didn't didn't know what was was coming the week down the road. So I'm at the rehearsal. The guitar player that they're auditioning is struggling with the guitar part of Folsom Prison Blues, mm. and I'm sitting on the edge of my seat, going, "Wow, I'd love to try the guitar." So he goes to the bathroom, <laughs> and the drummer says to me. You played a little guitar. I said, yeah, a little bit. 
pick up Charlie's guitar and try it out. What do you want to play? I'm like, why don't we try Force and Prison Blues? <laughs> <laughs> it's about the only song I knew at the time yeah. well. And we played that song, and they said, do you want to be in the band? I'm like, what about Charlie? He'll be back from the bathroom in a few minutes. We'll take care of Charlie. <laughs> so Charlie came back and they told they they gave Charlie the news and I became the replacement for, for Brenda. Big shoes to fill. Yeah. And they gave me a cassette of all the songs that they played with Brenda Live. And I was home learning the pretenders and and men at work and, and Brian Adams <laughs> and all of these songs. And I and I joined the band and it was it was that I have to say was the biggest learning experience for, you know ever and you, you just you can't get that stuff out of, out of a book you can't learn that mm. stuff out of a book when you're playing with you know seasoned guys like that you know family harmonies and yeah i could i could go on and on so yeah. that's that was my large mentor and it probably you know when they gave you all the tapes to you know learn all the songs or how to play the yeah. songs uh, talk about a steep learning curve quickly oh huge learning curve absolutely and, but man, I'll tell you, man, these guys took me under their wing and, you know, the drummer says to me, not long after I joined the band, we were about a, two months into the rehearsal and he says, do you do any singing? I go, no. Do you own a microphone? No. Okay. We're going to go down to the music store and I'm going to co-sign for you and we're going to buy a microphone. So I bought a microphone and they said, you don't have to lead sing, but if you can just do a little oohs and ahs here and there, a little doo-wops. That'll get you started. And yeah. that really is what got me started. So okay. I owe a ton to these guys. Yeah. And you might recall, and I have to I have to add this part. One of the guys in the band, one of the brothers, his name was Wally. And Wally was like a brother to me long after we finished playing together. And uh, you know, we lost Wally a few months back. Wally passed. Mm -hmm. And uh you might have saw one of my tributes on on Facebook uh for Wally. So uh, yeah, I got to give a shout out. If I'm going to talk about mentors, I have to give a shout out to Wally. So we lost Wally and that was a, that was a huge loss. And that was like a brother gone right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, you know, just to develop those relationships, uh, with other folks that, you know, the interest is around music and, oh. you, know, you know, music is what brings people together and it helps build those bonds for sure. Oh, I mean, you know, I was 15 going on 16 and these guys were, you know, in their late twenties. So they took me, you know, I was a kid, but I had to have my parents permission on, you know, on, on uh, written permission to get in the clubs and whatnot to play. Cause I was underage, but, uh, you know, it was like, they took care of me like a, like a little brother for sure. And I, you know, I learned so much from these guys. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. When, so let's, so that's kind of your start, um, you know, obviously going to school, uh, you know, balancing, uh, the schoolwork and, and then, you know, the, uh, the band and things like that. Um, we're so, and, and of course we know, you know, where you've, uh, ended up playing, you know, 10 times at the Cavendish beach music festival, uh, big Valley jamboree. Uh, you know, yeah. big, big name festivals. Um, how did you get from, you know, the best, and I'm, I apologize, I don't know the, the proper name, but the best family band to, yeah. you know, playing these big festivals? How did you get to that point? You know, as silly as it's going to sound, 
to some, I can attribute a lot of that to uh, my working years after I turned 16. And I'll explain what I mean by that. Uh, you know, at 15, 16, I was so shy. I mean, I was so shy. I graduated at 17 years old and I was so shy. I didn't go to my own prom because mm-hmm. I was too nervous to ask a, a girl out. Mm. Like I, I wouldn't open my mouth. That, and then as you say, years later, you can't get me to shut up. <laughs> Look at, no, if, if that was the case, I, I, you know, I wouldn't dare take the chance in, in uh, contacting you. Cause if I couldn't get you to shut up, I'd run out of tape here. But, uh, yeah. you know, I always enjoy your stories and, and, uh, I, I can't wait for you to tell a story about, you know, Camelton, uh, one particular story, but we'll, we'll go back to your, uh, your shyness. Um, it's, it's amazing that, you know, considering what you, you know, where you've come from, that shyness and playing some of the biggest festivals in Canada. That's just absolutely amazing. Yeah. Well, you know something, the, the stepping stone to that was when I turned 16, I got a job at McDonald's and Mm. McDonald's really took the shyness out of me. Uh, And I think at 16 and a half, maybe 17, I became assistant manager. And that's, that's a pretty big set of keys to hang on your belt at 17 years old, Mm -hmm. looking back now. But, you know, they trusted me with the store. And at 17, 18, now I'm, you know, I'm an assistant manager running the store, closing the store, you know, punch, to handling thousands of dollars in cash and, and you know, punching out staff, not punching out, I mean, punching out their, <laughs> their, their cards. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> you got frustrated like with them, did you? <laughs> 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 that wouldn't get you promoted punching out the staff. I don't recommend that. To anybody, but, but, no. <laughs> but, but you know, at very young age and you're taking on all these responsibilities and, and I didn't take them on. They gave them to me, but they gave them to me probably because what, of what they saw. And here's a Miramichi Camelton connection. The owner of the store in Camelton, the McDonald's uh, franchise that I work for, his name was Paul LeBlanc. And when he sold the Campbellton store, he moved to Douglastown and he ran the Douglastown store for years. Yes. I remember him. Paul LeBlanc. Yes. And Paul, there's another mentor for me and, you know, not musically, but business wise. And I, you know, you know, he gave me the keys. He gave me the, you know, the gold name tag and, and gave me a lot of responsibility and, uh, promotions and, you know, just merit increases on the pay uh, for no, you know, no reason. Just, you know, you're doing a good job. It's Friday afternoon, by the way, I'm on, on Monday, there's gonna be you know another fifty cents an hour on your pay kind of thing. So, uh, so there's a Miramichi Camelton connection. Paul nice. LeBlanc, yeah. just a super super first boss. Yeah, yeah, I I remember him. Uh, I didn't know him, but I remember seeing him at the store. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah. isn't that neat? You get now. Okay, so since you brought up McDonald's, so you're okay. working. I know the I know the story because you told it different times on the deck series. I absolutely <laughs> love how you. Um, uh, it came in contact with a famous person. Let me put it that way, and then I'll let you take it over. I know exactly what story you're referring to. It's a little-known fact that Waylon Jennings was in Camelton. Mm-hmm. That's the story you're referring to, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, absolutely it is. <laughs> so here I am now. I'm in charge of the store, and it's it's all about fast service. And back then, and I'll say back then, cause it was, it was a few years back. The, uh, the goal of, of, of McDonald's was 
get them in, get them out quick. And when we, when you would get a bus, and that was back in the day when you would pre-cook all the burgers and you put them in that warming bin. Mm-hmm. And if you recall, you know, more than 20 years ago, you recall all the, the little 45-degree warming bin that yeah. all the burgers would be lined up in. So somebody being out in the lobby and you see a bus pulling in, you you know, some, they yell out, bus! <laughs> and everybody get in the place. It's almost like playing street hockey. Car! And everybody moves in that, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so bus and, you know, every, everyone would get into place and start cooking up a storm, fill the bin. All the cashiers are, like, straightening out their uniform, making sure that they're all ready for, for, for the customers to come in. And the bus driver would always get a free meal or free coffee. <laughs> and so, and we that was the incentive for him to bring his crew there. And I remember this bus pulling up in the front and there was this, it was a W logo on, on the bus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm 16, 17 at the time. And the only thing I'm thinking is Winnebago. <laughs> That's what the W means. It must, so that bus must be manufactured by Winnebago. Yeah. So, so the bus, we're all ready to go. We got, a, you know, hundreds of dollars worth of food and a mountain of French fries ready to go. And the, we're waiting for the, the crew, the crew to walk in the bus load of people and the door opens and it's one lonely guy. It's the driver. It's the bus driver. He's there for his free coffee. <laughs> oh, so we, he gives me the coffee card. We punch the coffee card. And I said to him, uh, the bus, I see the, the, you know, we're just talking and what, you know, what's, what's on the bus and where, where are you, where are you coming from? Obviously you, you have no, no tourists or whatnot. He's like, there's a fellow on the bus that I'm driving. And he's got this big, strong southern accent i said oh really he said you might have heard of him his name is Waylon. that's what the w is for the w <laughs> uh-huh. and i thought the w was winnebago but it was <laughs> Waylon. Waylon jennings was on the bus they were just passing through so my claim to fame is i got to serve a free coffee to Waylon jennings bus driver <laughs> there you go <laughs> <I'm> a- <laughs> And then I had to explain to Paula Blanc why we threw away three hundred dollars worth of Big Macs you know, the, the next day. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, well, you know, you, you you can't you can't win the uh, the 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 bus battle all the time. No, that's right. And you know, McDonald's would have uh, you know the 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 ten minute holding time where you put the little number uh, metal placards into the bin, and you know, after ten minutes, if it wasn't sold, it was thrown away, and it was a. Lonely winter night in Camelton and <laughs> one bus driver. But I wish wow. I would have wished this whaling guy would have uh, would have come in. But I, I was sixteen. I I was into Kiss, as I said, and mm. I wasn't really sure who Whalen was. Uh, but Mum would have been. So I went home, and she's like, "What? Whalen was on the bus?" And just yeah. <laughs> oh, how awesome would that be? Oh, uh, no kidding. Yeah, no kidding. So that was that was your. Uh, almost uh you know a connection to a big time country artist but you've had you've been fortunate enough to you know kind of rub shoulders with uh, some big names at the festivals that you've gone to fortunate is a great word you're right i mean you know you fast forward out of the mcdonald's days and i i you know made my my rounds to school and university and working years in ontario and whatnot and uh we're back down here we're playing music and some of those names, I mean, not to name drop, but, you know, since you bring it up, uh, again, you want to talk about mentors and superstars, uh, Dwight Yoakam, you know, mm-hmm. I you know, met Dwight at Cavendish, Keith Urban, you know, the guys from Alabama, Blue Rodeo, Nazareth, and the list goes on and on. And it's just, 
wow, humbling. And it's, yeah. it's, yeah, there's, there's no word for it. Really. Yeah. It's you, you meet guys like that, but you know, what really puts a good taste in your mouth is when you talk to these, what we call superstars and they certainly are superstars. Mm -hmm. And I'll use this story as an example. You know, the guys from Alabama, uh, legendary uh, country band of the decade, I think in the eighties, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And here they are, they get off their bus at Cavendish and I'm talking to Teddy Gentry, the bass player yeah. and uh, Randy Owen and Teddy sitting there talking to me for about 45 minutes. And we're just wow, casually chatting about music and conscious and whatnot. And I said to him, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, be all over you like starstruck, but I got to say, it's pretty cool to speak to you. Uh, and after you meet so many, you know, you don't, you know, you, you lose that little schoolgirl kind of, Oh my God, there's, there's a star, right? Yeah. But you're speaking to guys like Teddy Gentry. And what was really cool when he said, I said to him, I said, you know, this is really neat to speak to somebody like you, you know, Alabama, you guys are legendary. I'm like, come on. And you know, what his answer was, he says, you know, Rick, we're a bunch of hillbillies. We wrote some songs. We got lucky. Wow. That was his answer. So, you know, an answer like that, you just have that much more respect for, Absolutely. for a guy like that. That's, you know, and yeah. He, and and the, that's the thing. It's like, he's right. You know, when they got their start, <laughs> yeah. they were, they were probably teenage kids. Right. You know? Right. And yeah. Yeah. They, you know, everybody was, everybody was a local band at yeah. one time. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's, it's interesting how, like, for me, it's a little bit different. Like I, I've been fortunate to interview stars, but it's mainly like this, you know, over the phone and, uh, yeah. and, you know, a few times been able to, to, uh, meet some of them like uh, Gord Bamford, for example, uh, uh, right. he played, uh, the, unfortunately the now, uh, uh, burned down and, uh, destroyed, uh, Vogue theater here couple of years oh, ago yes and yes. i interviewed him twice before that show and then i got to introduce him on stage and had a chat with him afterwards and 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 it's you know it's like oh yeah i remember talking to you and you know stuff like that yeah uh it's yeah. it's yeah. pretty cool you know it's 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 interesting how this last year kind of makes you feel uh you know appreciative i guess is the word i'm looking for uh, and I think back to people that I've interviewed, um, you know, we lost last year, uh, Joe Diffie, I had, Joe Diffie. The, I had the opportunity to interview him, uh, before showing Fredericton a few years ago and yeah. just a few years back, Charlie pride. And right. You know, it's, it's like huge names, but when you get right down to it, they're people. Abs absolutely. You know, and I think Joe was one of the first names we heard, you know, in the celebrity community uh, as a victim of COVID. Yeah. But here's a quick uh, Joe Diffie story for you. He was playing at a festival just outside the Boktush area, and we had just opened for him. And um, I don't know if you recall that festival. It was about 10 years back. And um, <laughs> he he come off the bus, and I, it's the funniest line. I, again it depends on what the celebrity or the, you know, the, the, the actor, the artist or the celebrity it depends on what they say to you really 
solidifies your opinion or your you know your your image of them, right? If mm-hmm. they say something kind of degrading or or make you feel smaller, then you you lose that kind of exactly. You know, you know what I'm saying? You lose that yep. respect. And yep. I I always love Joe. I mean, I play pickup man, and you know, in my stuff, I I, I love '90s country. So, um, but he come on, I'm like, ah, okay, I gotta go say hi to Joe. I mean, this is Joe Diffie. Come on, he's got a ton of hits. Mm-hmm. And I said, Joe. We, we we just finished opening for you. We're the other band on stage. Do you mind if we grab a picture before you get up there? And he says to me, Rick, let's do it. Hurry up before I miss my mullet, though. And <laughs> hurry up before I mess my mullet. And I, I'm like, that was the funniest line. I'm like, you didn't have to say say cheese for the for the picture because I was just like, almost stomach aching. Like it's just a funny thing to say, right? And it's yeah. like, man, like. I, Joe, I love you even more now. Like you know, exactly, exactly. And <laughs> you know, I think I really feel that mm. you know, for the most part. And I don't know what it's like, you know, these days because you know, Gord Bamford is probably uh, the biggest name. I, I've met John Michael Montgomery, and that was that nice. was a little different. Um, but yeah. uh, Gord Bamford was probably the biggest name that I've you know met prior to that and right. just a regular just a regular guy um i don't know if you would get that with the as much with the newer artists uh, i've never been down that road but i really feel that the the the, the more traditional side of country music uh you know i think the folks are like that because they began from humble beginnings absolutely and they still kind of go maybe back to those Beginnings, you know, they go back to their ranch or go back to their farm or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, Clay Walker, you know, he's back to his farm and whatnot. But, you know, I have to say, in all fairness, some of the, the newer artists, you know, they're like that as well. And the guy that comes to mind is Keith, Keith Urban. Because mm-hmm. when I met Keith and when he was at Cavendish, um, you know, I said to the promoters, can I stand in line? And, you know, I don't, I don't want to button line or be any treated any differently, but can I stand in the meet and greet line to meet Keith? Mm-hmm. And they go, absolutely. So they gave me a pass and I was in line like everybody else. And when it was one, one at a time, and when it was my time mm-hmm. to go in, he saw that I had the artist pass uh, around my neck uh, for as, you know, because we were playing. Right. And he goes, uh, first thing he says, he goes, hi, how are you doing? Oh, tell me you weren't in line, were you? I'm like, yeah. He goes, oh, how come? You, sh-, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then we start chatting and whatnot. And he goes, I really love coming here and it's not like, you know, I don't, I really, really mean that. Uh, Canada is so nice, but the, you know, the Maritimes is so cool. You guys are so great. And where are you from? I said, Oh, I'm from the, you know, New Brunswick, just across the bridge. Oh, right on. He goes, this is my third time playing here. How is this your first time here? I'm like, no, at the time, I think it was my seventh or eighth year. I'm like, Oh, this is my eighth year playing here. He goes, Oh, you have me beat all the peep. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> And That's then cool. he says, I really love this. Co- I really love, love this country. It's a great country. And I go, well, I, you know, I've been to your country and I really, you know, it's, I, I really like you going, you know, to your country as well. And he goes, Oh, where did you go? And I said, I've been to, uh, uh Melbourne and Sydney and whatnot. And I said, and I've been to a little place on the, up in the coast, uh, Great Barrier Reef area to go snorkeling in Cairns. And he goes, Cairns and C it's spelled C A I R and s okay and as canadians we'd pronounce that as karen's sure and he was like karen's karen's where is it and he goes oh cans <laughs> i'm like okay 
He goes, oh, I know what Cannes is. I live like 20 kilometers down the road from there. Oh, go ahead. And then we got to talking and talking and talking and talking. And, I, and then I had to say, you know, with all due respect, I don't want to take up any more of your time. You've got a long, long lineup of people waiting to meet you. Plus, you got a show to play. Oh, yeah, that's right. So I had to cut him off, you know? <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. So just how how is that for like a down-to-earth guy? Yeah. Uh, when you speak of a genuine down-to-earth, down just, yeah, uh, the utmost respect for, for a fellow like Keith Urban. Just just a great, just a great, great, great guy. Yeah. I mean, if I would have sat there and asked him, say, Keith, can you grab your guitar and show me that little part? I bet you he would have, you know? Just, sure. just a great guy. Yeah, nice. Yeah. That's that's a that's a pretty cool story. I've never uh, I've never heard that story from you before. That's interesting. Ah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. You've you've been uh, able to uh do a bit of traveling uh, in your days as well. I have done that's if I'm not playing music, I was traveling. That was kind of how I balanced my schedule mm-hmm. and uh right now I have nothing but travel credits. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. I had a bunch of yeah, I had a bunch of trips booked and uh, they're all on travel credit, but uh no, I've been to some pretty cool places, and uh, but it's it's a big planet. There's there's a whole lot left to go to. Yeah, and uh, you know what? I, I, I fingers crossed we uh, we get some people vaccinated and and uh, get that uh, herd uh, immunity going or whatever it takes, and we'll be back at her again. Um, well, what I've been te- what I've been telling people at shows is for every beer you buy, there's vac- there's vaccine in it. So if you keep drinking, by the end of the night, you'll be vaccinated. <laughs> and the bar sales have been great. <laughs> uh, I, I shouldn't I shouldn't have uh, taken a drink of water when you said that. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a great analogy. Let's, oh dear. Let, so we're, we're talking about festivals here. And let's go back to the Rogersville Country Festival. I want to say... Um, Charlie Major open for you guys. Is that correct? Oh, man. Don't even put it that way. Not even close. <laughs> no, Charlie Charlie let us op- close his show. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, so that that time that you played in Rogersville, that would have been your, yeah. what, second, maybe third time? Uh, that was my third time there, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, of course, uh, what, what was interesting about, uh, you know, Charlie major there. And of course, Charlie major, um, uh, Canadian country music hall of famer. And yeah. he pulled in people like I've never seen, you know, the, the, the country festival is gaining popularity. Uh, the, yes. the bluegrass festival has been around a couple of decades and maybe two decades, two and a half decades. Um, right. So they've got something that's, you know, quite, uh, established there. So the crowds are always huge. Uh, but that night that, uh, the folks were there to see Charlie major, you know, people were out, um, outside of the building just to see inside and, um, uh, you know, pulled in folks from, you know, up river. Like, and when I say up river, of course, you know, like Blackville yeah. and Doaktown and, and then, of course, all around, you know, pulled in a big crowd and, you know, Charlie doing a fantastic job. And then you guys go out there and just never skipped a beat, just went right to town on those folks, right to town. But wasn't that great to see that many people supporting that local festival? Yeah, unreal. That, that's what I love about the about the what Norman and everybody does there. It's yes, it's yes. it's grassroots 
but you kind of get the you know it it has the it has the potential to be a big thing but they keep it grassroots absolutely you know it's it, it's growing and they're just keeping it a nice kind of harness on it mm -hmm. uh, so it's not getting out of control but you know they're adding to the infrastructure and and i mean the roy family they're just great people all around oh, and yeah. they're musicians themselves for sure for sure right yeah so that, that helps they, they they get it they're musicians yeah exactly um you guys when you went out to play that night and and i was i was doing my best not to because norman asked me to take pictures and i was doing my best to stay out of everybody's road but you know i was trying to get some shots on stage there as well but uh, I, I and and I have to say, you set a line. You're about to play a tune, and you said, "Now I'll, I'll, I'll let you see if you can figure this out." You said something about there's only two words that you need to know in country music. What did I, What did I say now? <laughs> Brooks and Dunn. Two words, country oh, yeah. music, and then you, yeah. and I'm not even sure what the song was, but that just stayed right in my mind, and I've actually used that on the radio, so I owe you some oh, copyright nice. money. <laughs> nice. Two words, Brooks, and done. done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and you, like, just, it's, you know, and like I say, I can't remember what the tune was that you guys played for from them, yeah. uh, but you played, um, I want to I say it was uh, Keith Urban's who wouldn't want to be me or something like that. Um, yeah. Brooks and Dunn would probably would have been, uh, maybe a brand new man at the time. Yeah. 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 And, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And there's the Keith Urban tune. Um, and it's, it's what I liked about it is that, you know, you were able to put energy into, and it's, it's, you know, Maybe for us it's not, or would be older songs, but because of course you know Brooks and Dunn, they you know brand new man came out nineteen ninety one, yeah, yeah. you know, that's uh, right. But you guys were able to infuse energy into that song to make it seem like it's just brand new, right? Everything is stage presence. It's timing, and like you guys between songs, you you know, like very seldom was there any uh, any breaks. You know, like you faded out of one song and into another without even realizing it. Well, the only time we we stop is to allow me to say something crazy one more time. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, we keep it keep it going. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so I think what you're saying is able to take an older song and and you know, like talking about your your show. I guess is the is the thing. You know, like the crowd there in Rogersville. They just they just finished seeing Charlie Major. Right. Or like, how do you keep that going? And you guys are able to figure out. And, and, and again, uh, like for the most part, like when, when people go to see you, it's you and Gypsy yeah, uh, as the duo, uh, right. Gypsy Reese, but then right. the bigger festivals, like for example, in Rogersville, it's the Rick Reese band and right. you know, like it's, it's the whole, you know, it's the whole performance. Well, I mean. It, it doesn't matter the song or it doesn't matter the age of the song or, or, or whatnot. And as you're talking about the Brooks and Dunn, you know, from 1991 and able to take that song and, and infuse some energy into it. I remember taking a Hank Williams senior song, you're cheating hurt. Now, if you listen to that mm -hmm. after this, you know, after this segment, go back and listen to that, that Hank song. It's just slow. It's beautiful. It's haunting. It's, yeah. it, it's cheating hurt. I mean, it doesn't get any more sad country than that. Yeah. And I, I, 
we, you know, we did that song at a kitchen party, and I think it's on YouTube uh, at Cavendish. <laughs> that performance that earned us a spot the following year on main stage because it was like 6,000 people in the tent all singing along to your cheating heart. Go away. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my where goodness. I, and I finished where I finished the song uh, by firing off a confetti gun in the audience <laughs> at the end of your cheating heart. Now oh you, goodness. I'll leave you figure out, I'll leave you figure out the correlation between a hurting song from the forties to a blasting a confetti gun and bang the, the crowds in a roar. You you determine the correlation that because I don't know what, what it is yet. <laughs> well, that's in the, there's perfect example of of what people can see when they you know, when they go to uh, you know see whether it's Gypsy Reese or the Rick Reese band or what or right or whether it's Rick Reese on the uh, you know Summer Deck series. Uh, there's always you know thought, energy, and uh, it's it's a show. It's always a show. And you know what the com the common theme is, is is exactly what we talked about at the be beginning of this show. Is I want to have fun. Yeah, that's all what it boils down to. That's it. Yeah, I just want to have some fun. Absolutely. If I'm not having fun, I'll go get a real job. Well, there <laughs> there you go. And that, and what fun <laughs> is that? Really, what fun well, is that? There you go. Where's the fun of that? No. I don't want to be an adult. Come on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so during that performance, because I, I touched on it earlier and I want to, I want to, uh, I want you to explain it now. And I can't remember. Do you remember what song you closed with at Rogersville? Uh, that you probably, I think it was, uh, Garth Brooks Baton Rouge. Cause we had, uh, Jean Simon on fiddle that night with us. Okay. That makes sense. I'm pretty sure it was Baton Rouge. And it got to a point in the song where <laughs> you everybody, everybody in the band stopped. Yeah. Froze. Yeah. Froze. That, that, that's what you called it. Was it the freeze? The freeze. Yeah. So how, how did you come up with that now? You know where I got that? I'm not, I'm going to, I'm not going to take credit for that. I saw that at a Dwight Yoakam concert a long, long time ago. Really? A Dwight Yoakam concert. They were playing a song in the middle of the song. They just froze, and everybody thought, "What? What's going on?" And nobody moved. And then they had a cue where they should continue playing, and they did did that in the middle of the show. And I thought, "Thank you, Dwight. I'm going to steal that, <laughs> and I'm going to use that at the end of a show." I I never knew why he did it at the at the middle of a show. Mm -hmm. It was interesting, uh, but I thought I'm going to use it at the end of a show. And again, going back to you know. Are you going to flip the guitar, the go nuts guitar? People asking for those silly little things, uh, or what I call silly. I remember going to Cavendish or going to other festivals where people say, "Are you guys going to do the freeze this year?" Because that like just blew my mind. I was drunk and I didn't know what was going on. I was looking for the like the play button. And, like you guys just paused. And... <laughs> it, it was, and that's that was the case. Like you know, because I was on stage, I was staying over to one side with the camera, and. Yeah. Like your eyes weren't even blinking. Right. And, and we also hold our breath. Oh, you don't geez. want to see your stomach moving. 
<laughs> which would be hard to do after a long set. Well, so it's, it's the last song of the night, and you're putting all you got into this like last lap. Yeah. And I remember, I remember telling the drummer, it, you you listen for different waves of audience clapping, mm-hmm. and when you first freeze, people are like, "Oh, cool," and they're clapping. Yeah. Song's done. Then they go, "Oh, wait a minute, they're not they're not moving." So now they're like <laughs> clapping another wave, going, oh, "Whoa!" Yeah. And then the the wave of clapping kind of simmers. Yeah. Well, they started a third wave because they're like, okay, come on. Are you guys alive? Let's go. <laughs> what What's happened? going on? What's going on here? Yeah. And I remember telling the, the drummer, listen for those three waves. And I said, and when you hear that third wave, bring it back in. Because by that time, we're running out of oxygen. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he held that third wave till I think we were almost in the faint mode. <laughs> it, would have been a, it would have been a different finale. If he would have held it, you know, 10 seconds longer. But I remember saying, okay, I'm going to have to bring this in myself because he's not bringing it back. And it's the drummer that gives us the cue to bring it back in. Yeah. And I thought, I'm I'm, I'm just going to bring it back in because I have, I can't, I need <laughs> to blink breathe. and I need to breathe. <laughs> that was awesome. I'm telling you, that was, that was just perfect. <laughs> I really and I that. always have to warn the, the sound man because I learned that the hard way at a show. <clears throat> where we did the freeze, but I didn't tell the sound man Ooh. and we, we froze and he just like, he's now he's looking down on his board going, okay, they're done. So he's like, he's starting to slide the slider oh, down. Geez. Right. And we're like, we're freezing. And then we come back in and there was no volume. Oh <laughs> my God. Sound man was like, he's wrapping cables kind of thing. You know? Oh geez. <laughs> oh, well, I suppose you never think about lights, that. He, he's got the lights down and yeah, he's like looking down and he's starting to, you know, like I say, slide, pull the sliders down on, on the mixing board, and he, he figures we're done. <laughs> so that that yeah, that was that was a he was kind he, of a he was looking to uh, go home. Yeah, <laughs> the show was done, and so was he. That was a, that was go. the only design flaw. That was the only design flaw in the freezer. I forgot yeah. to tell the sound man. Well, it's it's. Uh, I'm telling you, you must have let the sound man know in Rogersville because that went over wicked. That was just absolutely yeah. wicked. I remember doing that in uh, at Big Valley, and <clears throat> Big Valley was one of the biggest crowds we played for, and there were twenty eight thousand people. And, oh my uh, god! Yeah, yeah. When we fin- when we did the freeze, and then you feel the roar of twenty eight thousand people because it takes a second for the people to get what you're doing. Yeah. Right, and and you know by that time of the night they're a little intoxicated, <laughs> and even I mean no seriously, but yep. even a uh, even a sober person it takes a second to go. What are they doing? Oh, wait a minute. They're not even moving. Oh, they're not even blinking. Oh, they look like mannequins. Right. And when, but when you're drinking that kind of delayed reaction is even longer, but we did that in, in Alberta with 28,000 people. And once they got it and they start screaming, the, the roar, the decibels of 28,000 people was like, that's, that was unbelievable. That was my, that was my highlight of that concert. Wow. Yeah, it was cool. That'd be cool. So crazy marketing crazy ideas and and uh, and my personal selfishness of wanting to have fun and so does all the other guys on the stage that you know I play with everybody wants to have fun and when you add it all up that's that's the kind of circus Rick Reese show you get <laughs> right I'm telling you well there's really no there's there's really no uh, magic uh, magic formula it's just everybody come out and have some fun and uh, John I can't wait to uh you know, have people go nuts. And I, you know, 
literally, yeah. when the whole COVID's over, can you imagine the energy that's mm. going to be at a concert? Oh, yeah. It's, it's going to be unreal. It's it, it's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, looking forward to, uh, you know, live music, uh, you know, in a larger venue. Obviously, you guys are doing that now at the at uh, some of the local establishments, which is great, gives people uh, something yeah. to do to get out and, and enjoy themselves. And, and fortunately, here in New Brunswick, especially uh, just recently, the uh, announcement that the uh, province of New Brunswick, everybody back to yellow, which is yeah. great news, you know. So uh, hopefully... Great, fantastic news. Hopefully that's, you know, the sign of things to come. And uh, if we can just hold out and, like we say, get... Uh, drink those uh, vaccinated beers and, and uh, we're all we'll be all set <laughs> the five exactly the 5.5 percent vaccine vaccine <laughs> keep drinking those yep. but yeah we'll, we'll uh, certainly all go nuts and uh you know it's been a long time since we've played in miramichi i think it's it's kind of going on two years yeah. but uh but at an undisclosed secret location i'm sitting on the banks of off the Miramichi River, Miramichi River, somewhere in Lower Derby, right now. And what is so? Describe to people that may not uh, uh, know much about the Miramichi. What does that feel like? What does it look like right now? What do you see? What I see right now, uh, the water, the Miramichi River right now is like a mirror. Mirror. It's oh. it's calm, and I see the reflection of the trees. And last night it was very very cool. I actually took a picture, put it on my Facebook page. Because from the, the the patio I was sitting on, you could see the water, you could see the sky, and there was a rainbow. And man, if that rainbow is not an indication of what's down the road, you know, nothing is. And, and yeah. Miramichi is, is a spot that I always kind of come to um, and just want, you know, with some time off and, and sit back and take it all in. And uh, just today, I, I thought, you know, if there's a retirement place somewhere in your Brunswick, she's high up on the, that list because yeah. you sit along these banks of that river. I'll tell you, buddy, there's, there's just nothing like it. And, and then when on the other side of the river there, you know, there's uh the trees and whatnot. So it just makes a, a perfect backdrop. It's yeah. It's, we, if, if, if you're not from your, if you're not from your Brunswick or never been to Miramichi, do yourself a favor and Google Miramichi river pictures. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, oh yeah. And you yourself have some great pictures. I saw some of your posts. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Really. It's, it's my home uh, and, uh, I, I love living here. I love, uh, yeah. being a part of the community and, uh, uh, you know, it's great to, uh, you know, have, uh, you enjoy, uh, enjoy it as well. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that maybe sometime down the road, uh, obviously the, uh, uh, you know, haven't made any plans with the deck series for this year and I, and I'm not sure what will become of the deck series um yes whether whether it happens again or maybe you know i'm, I'm thinking that maybe um if anything probably like get uh, maybe like get yourself and two or three other people uh songwriter yeah. storyteller circles something like that at a venue i think that might be the way that i will go in the future but uh you know i can't wait to uh, have you part of a of some kind of event uh, here again on the miramichi and telling your stories and uh, like we've uh, done here for a bit but hey we're not done yet you are going we're to not be done yet. you're going to be my guinea pig here 
So this is kind of the first of a series of uh, podcasts with East Coast country artists. And incorporated in this is going to be the uh, quiz show, Unapologetically Country. So I've got five questions for you, okay? And okay. Uh, if you get the, each question right, it's two points. If you need a hint and you get it right, it's one point. If you don't get it after that, uh, you don't get any points. We move on to the next question. Now, okay. now that uh, at, you know, at this point in the uh, podcast, we know that you're a 90s country fan. So all of these questions deal with uh, artists from the 1990s. So I just okay. want to see how strong you are uh, with your knowledge <laughs> of 90s country. So you're ready Can to I go? Can I phone a friend? <laughs> Can I phone a friend? Well, you know what? The only friend that you would have that would uh, have a broad knowledge of uh, 90s country is the person you're mm. talking to right now. Ah, uh, there you go. I thought you were going to say Jason Berry. <laughs> uh, well, that's true, too. You know, you could probably, uh, yeah, you could probably get him yeah. on the phone. Uh, <laughs> all right. So you're ready for the first question? Uh, all right. Fire away. So the category is male artist. Who sang Tall, Tall Trees? Alan Jackson. Correct. So you've got two points there. Okay. All right. Which is a cover. It is, isn't it? Yeah, it's a cover. Okay. Well, there. So, you know, I picked the right category for you. Is that that three points? No. No, that doesn't doesn't count. Uh, The (laughs) next question, the category is group or duo. Okay. Who's saying, we'll burn that bridge? Brooks and Dunn. Absolutely right. There's another two points. I thought that would be a tough one for you. <laughs> All right. Quest- two words. Two words, John. Two words. Brooks. Brooks. Dunn. There we go. <laughs> That's all you need to know. <laughs> All right. Question number three. The category is female artist. Okay. What female artist released two songs uh, that was also released by, so of those two songs, one song was released by Patricia Conroy, which was My Baby Loves Me, and the other song was released by Michelle Wright, Safe in the Arms of Love. So what U.S. female artist released those two songs? I'm singing them in my head. I'm singing them. Oh. Can I get the question again? So what female artist, she released these two songs that were also released by uh, these two female Canadian country artists. So she released the two songs. One of those songs was released by Patricia Conroy, uh, My Baby Loves Me. The other song was released by Michelle Wright, Safe in the Arms of Love. I want to see Martina McBride. You are right. You are 100% uh, right. <laughs> ah, I, I was wondering if you'd be able to pull that what, up. What gave it away? Yeah. Yeah. Nah, safe in the, safe in the arms. I, I can hear Martina kind of just soaring on that chorus. Okay, good. Yep. All right. And I, got a, I had a chance to, Tammy and I saw her at uh, the casino in Moncton. Holy jumpings. If you oh. want to see the hair on your arms go yeah. straight up, wow. Yeah. She, Martina yeah, she's, the, she's the girl to do it. Yep, for yeah, for sure. 
All right, we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get uh, a little different. Uh, question number four: Canadian country. Okay. And one of the strangest <clears throat> names for a group. This Canadian band is named after a dish. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Uh, the dish is made of bull testicles. What's the name of oh, the Canadian? Bingo. Prairie oyster. Jeez. Prairie oyster. Holy jumpings, I'm telling you. So I you were. I did a songwriter songwriter circle uh, with Russell DeCurl. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. I, I thought I was going to catch you on some of these. <laughs> and the last question is just an open category. Okay. Who sang 10 feet tall and bulletproof? Oh, buddy. Travis Tritt. Absolutely. You know what the hint was? What was the hint? Who sang, uh, who sang Where Corn Don't Grow? There you go. <laughs> and that is one of my favorite Rick Reese covers, is that tune that you do. Oh. I always enjoy when you Thank play you. it on the deck. It's just when you, when you hit the, you know, when you strum the strings on your guitar and uh, play that tune and, and you know, um, when you get into the dusty fields, you know, like. Right. Uh, I just love that tune when you perform it. Oh, but it's easy to perform when you love the song yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Travis yeah. Is, 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 is the man. And if we can make a plug for Travis, you know, uh, he has a new album out today. Yes. I knew that he was getting ready to release a new album. Yeah. Yeah. It's today. So I've got to get Travis Tritt's album and I've got to get, yeah. uh, I should do myself a favor and uh, contact the divorcees and get my um, my uh, library of their uh, CDs for my collection. Absolutely. Give yeah. Alex a shout. Yeah, definitely. It's a great album. Yeah, I'll have to do that. Well, Rick Reese, this has been an absolute pleasure. I, uh, I hope you enjoyed yourself on, uh, on Drive On the Podcast. And, uh, Absolutely. Always. Th- this, is the, this is the whole reason that I want to start this podcast, because I've been fortunate with radio to become friends you know, with uh, folks like yourself, yes. and it's yes. always great to be able to uh, talk country music and, and uh, music in itself, and, and uh, so I'm so happy that uh, we're able to uh, set some time aside and have a chat to, today. What a, way to, what a way to wrap it up, uh, as you say, you know, outside the industry. To become friends is very, very cool. Cool of you to say that. Definitely. I, I feel that way. And uh, again, I can't wait to uh, see you back on stage uh, sometime soon. And uh, all the best to you and, and uh, Gypsy as well. And uh, yes. Chico. Chico? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Chico. It is Chico, yes. Yeah. Absolutely Chico. Yeah. Chico the Chihuahua. <laughs> but one more question that I'm sure that I, I love to have the answer, but I'm sure all the listeners do too, is... Okay, so I was perfect scorer on the 90s country trivia. Mm-hmm. What's the prize? What's the prizes? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. You are the uh, top scorer. So my next guest, I will ask them five questions. So we'll, okay, okay we'll, fair we'll enough. See, yeah. We'll see how it goes overall. And then uh, whoever, we, we might have to get some people back together and just have an episode where it's going to be unapologetically country, the tiebreaker. Oh, very cool. Very cool. There you go. So that might be something that we'll have to do. You never know. So right now, you, are, you have a perfect score. Uh, very good. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, Rick Reese, this has been, uh, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed this, and uh, uh, hopefully we'll get to do it again sometime soon. And enjoy the summer. Uh, I hope uh, you guys, you and Gypsy are crazy busy. I uh, hope you stay safe and uh, keep uh, keep playing the music, man. Absolutely, buddy. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Pleasure to chat with you. It's always uh, informative, but it's always fun. So that's, uh, you know, don't ever change it. Don't ever change the format. It's always fun. Appreciate it. Take care. Awesome. Thanks, Johnny. Talk to you. A big thank you to Rick Reese for joining me in this episode of Drive On The Podcast. Or again, should it be the Johnny O Show? Go to the Facebook page for Drive On Media and let me know what you think. Should I do a, a name change of the podcast? I've already got the next guest uh, booked for next week, but I'm going to keep that a secret for now. And we're continuing the series of East Coast Country Artists so you get to know who these folks are. Are. And again, a big thank you to Rick Reese. You can follow him on Facebook. Just follow Rick Reese or Gypsy Reese. Uh, that is his duo with uh, Gypsy Ron Parent as they uh, tour the uh, bars around New Brunswick. And uh, make sure you check them out. Always a lively show. I want to thank you for joining me on this episode of Drive On The Podcast. Again, you can follow us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or you can go to the website driveon.podbean.com. Big thank you to Jason Berry of Berry Tone Studios for the theme music for the podcast. Until next time, my name's John O'Shea, and thanks for listening to Drive On The Podcast. <laughs>